When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to a special bonus edition of the Forza Napoli Calcio podcast. This is a podcast devoted to Napoli, of course, but you don't have to be a Napoli fan to enjoy it. If you're a Serie A fan, if you're a football fan, looking for the inside scoop on all things Napoli, this is the place to be. I'm your host, Joe Fischetti. Thank you so, so much for continuing to download our episodes. And if this is your first time listening, welcome to Forza Napoli. For our regular listeners, you know we usually release episodes on Sunday and Wednesday nights or Monday and Thursday mornings, depending on where you're listening from, and we do have listeners all over the world, which I find really, really cool. So this is a bonus mini-pod on Wednesday's Coppa Italia final, which I really wanted to do for two reasons. First, I really didn't get to spend as much time working on the preview in the last episode, but that's going to happen sometimes. That said, this is probably the biggest match in Italian football of the year, so I did want to spend a little bit more time on it. And the second reason is we previewed the final on Sunday, which was still a few days before the match, and since then there have been a number of updates, especially with respect to the lineups. So let's start with the importance of this match. There's obviously a lot of history between these two clubs. Juventus has dominated the league for the last decade or so, but for about half of that time, Napoli have been the runners-up. The closest Napoli have come to winning the Scudetto during that time was in the 2017-2018 campaign, when they finished only four points back of Juventus. And of course that season, Napoli was coached by Juve's current manager Maurizio Sarri, so let's talk about Sarri for a little bit. Obviously Sarri is one of Napoli's most polarizing figures in recent history. There's no denying how well the Azzurri played under his leadership, but then he left somewhat abruptly to go coach for Chelsea, which was a tough pill to swallow. But what really left a bad taste in the mouths of Napoli tifosi was when he returned only a year later to coach Juventus. If there's one thing that Laurentiis is very good at, it's making headlines in the Italian papers. It's difficult to do our regular Napoli news segment without mentioning his name, and this week was no exception. On Monday, in an interview with Correra dello Sport, De Laurentiis recounted how Sari betrayed him for the vulgar reason of money, even though he still had two years remaining on his contract. Now, De Laurentiis is a smart guy. He was probably stirring the pot a little bit. I mentioned his ability to make headlines, and perhaps he was also trying to get into Sadi's head before this match, but it doesn't look like Sadi took the bait. When Il Matino asked Sadi what he thought about De Laurentiis' comments, he simply smiled and said, it's not worth it. In terms of the history between these clubs and the Coppa Italia, believe it or not, they've only met once in the finals, which was back in 2012. And if you want to relive that match, then check out episode 10 of this podcast. Napoli beat Fiorentina in the final in 2014, which was the last time Napoli reached the final. Juventus, on the other hand, have reached the final and in fact won the cup in four of the last five years, with last year being the only one that they missed. These clubs also played each other three times in the Supercoppa final, which if you know me, 
you know that I don't consider that a real trophy. But for those who do, Napoli won in 1990 and in 2014, and Juventus won in 2012. Next, let's talk a little bit about preparation for this match. Sadi had plenty to say to the media about that as well. He said, with respect to intensity, there cannot be big improvements in five days. But this might be a typical Juventus approach of downplaying themselves because Sadi also said that in the Milan match, they had 25 to 30 minutes where Juve dominated possession and controlled the match. And then there was a point where there were conditions for not spending everything and reaching the final equally. So in other words, there was a point in the match where Juve recognized they were probably going to reach the final and they took their foot off the gas a little, presumably to save energy for the final. So we need to be careful not to assume that Juve will play the same way in the final as they did against Milan. I still think that performance against Milan was uninspiring, but it appears at least for the end of that match that that was intentional. Lastly, Sari said that Juve will give everything they have. After playing for 7 months and then not playing for 3, Juventus may not be at 100% of the level they were at before, but if they're at 90%, then they will give all 90%. So really the takeaway there is that Juve will be playing to win this match, which is what you would expect. Both clubs have a week to rest before Sadia resumes for them, and it's a major trophy. And Sadia in particular has never won a trophy in Italy, so there could be an added incentive for him. In typical Sadi fashion, when he was asked about this, he said in Italian, Mi girano i coglioni quando dicono che non ho vinto niente in Italia, which means... My balls turn when they say I've not won anything in Italy. He added that he won eight promotions in the lower divisions, which may seem simple to anyone who talks about the Champions League, but it is very difficult to do. Napoli are also very motivated. I would say even more motivated to win this match than Juventus. Like I mentioned, they haven't won a cup since the 2014 Coppa Italia. After the semi-final, Insigne told Rai Sport that Gattuso is more than just a great coach. He's a great person and he dedicated that win to him during this difficult time, referring to Gattuso's sister Francesca, who recently passed away. And in his post-match press conference, Gattuso himself dedicated the match to his sister and thanked the players for playing for him while he wiped tears from his eyes. This just reiterates a point I made previously, which is that Gattuso has formed a special bond with these players, except for maybe one of them, which I'll get to in a bit, and I think they're really going to leave everything they have out there on the pitch for him. On Tuesday, Il Matino reported on Gattuso's motivational speech to the players. He said, We keep everything aside, even the corporate or economic issues. We win for ourselves. I see that you are loaded. Now we have to win the Coppa Italia. The translation isn't great, but I think Gattuso is referring to the fines for the mutiny, the civil case with De Laurentiis for reputational damage, and some of the ongoing contract discussions, and basically saying to put all of that aside and win this match. And the translation, I see that you are loaded, really means I see that you are ready or prepared or have what it takes, so let's go win the Coppa Italia. So that's how the clubs have prepared over the last few days. Next, let's do a quick update on the lineups. Starting with Juventus, we had Buffon in goal, Alexandro, Delict, Bonucci, and Danilo at the back, Pjanic, Bentancur, and Matuidi in the midfield, and Douglas Costa, Dybala, and Ronaldo up top. I still think this will be the starting 11, but there has been some speculation that we could see Pjanic move to the bench after a rather poor performance against Milan. Bentancur would then slide into the Regista spot and Kadira would start in the midfield. Aaron Ramsey is improving and could be available for the match, but likely would only be available as a substitute. And there's also some talk about starting Cuadrado over Douglas Costa, 
which is something we mentioned last time, and that Sari could move Dybala back to a false nine role behind Ronaldo and Cuadrado or Costa, whoever starts out of those two. But when Sari was asked about this, he said that the formation on paper is how the squad defends, but in attack, the players have ample freedom. Apparently, Sari also tested out Bernadeschi in the Trident, but even in training, he wasn't that convincing, so he will likely start on the bench as well. And finally, Kelini and Iguain will both miss this match. For Napoli, we have Meret in goal, Rui, Koulibaly, Maksimovic, and Di Lorenzo at the back, Deme, Zielinski, and Fabian in the middle, and Insigne, Mertens, and Calihon up top. Manolas appears to be ahead of schedule with his recovery, but as we saw with Fabian Ruiz, Gattuso will not risk further injury, and there is certainly no need to with how well Koulibaly and Maksimovic played against Inter, so at best, Manolas will be available as a substitute. The two uncertainties in this lineup also happen to be the positions that Napoli are shopping around for the most in the transfer market, which are left back and right wing. I had Mario Rui starting at left back, which seems to be more likely now that the suspension is not a risk, and after Kusai struggled to defend Candreva in the semi-final. At right wing, Calihon seems to be more likely than Politano to start, but it can go either way. Ironically, if Gattuso starts Calihon, then Napoli will start a front three that flourished under Sadi. A player who I can just about guarantee will not feature in this match, as a starter or as a substitute, is Chucky Lozano. Even with five substitutes, he was not used against Inter. And to make matters worse, Gattuso removed him from training on Tuesday because of his lack of concentration and his attitude. We've seen Gattuso do this before with Alan. Alan didn't even suit up after he was removed from training. Lozano will more than likely suit up, but will only be called upon if Gattuso really has no other choice. Before I get to the odds and the prediction, we now know who the referee crew will be. The head referee will be Daniele Doveri, who will be refereeing his first Coppa Italia final. Napoli have fared quite well with him, with 13 wins, 7 draws, and only 3 losses. Juventus has fared well with him as well. They have 11 wins, 2 draws, and 1 defeat. The linesmen will be Giacomo Paganesi and Stefano Alassio. Giampaolo Calvarese will be the third assistant. And Massimiliano Irati and Giorgio Scanone will man the VAR. Obviously, the odds will differ with every sports book and they will change over time, but at least the one that I'm looking at now on Wednesday night has Juventus as 1 to 1 favorites to win the match, and Napoli are at 2.75 to 1. The draw is at 2.4 to 1. Now, those are all in regulation. These odds change if you're picking who will raise the cup. Napoli are 1.25 to 1, and Juventus are 1 to 1.75. The most likely score in regulation is 1-1, which pays 5.5 to 1. And Cristiano Ronaldo is the most likely to score for Juventus. And surprisingly on the book that I'm looking at, Arkadouche Milik is actually more likely to score for Napoli, just ahead of Dries Mertens. Okay, so I'll close with my prediction. In the last episode, I predicted a 0-0 draw with Napoli winning in a shootout. Even though we have more information now, including the betting odds, I feel like it would be a bit of a cop-out to change my prediction, so I'm going to leave it as is. So that's going to do it for this bonus mini-pod. Hopefully you're now all set for the Coppa Italia final between Napoli and Juventus. I'll be back in about 24 hours with our regular episode, which will include a review of this match, as well as the latest news and a new feature piece. But until then, I'm Joe Fischetti. Forza Napoli sempre!
Network.